Well, good morning again. Um, you know, just when you go through what our community has gone through, and you look and you see natural disasters, and we hear about cancer, and we hear about this, God always becomes the easy target. Where was God? Right? That's a question people are asking. Why would God let this happen? And I don't know. Sometimes we have to be able to say, I don't know. I'm not him. But we know he is a restoring, redeeming God. He, he's done it generation after generation after generation. The, one of the most quoted scriptures is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's a very misunderstood verse. The verse in context is contentment, whether I'm in plenty or whether I'm in want. Paul says, whether I'm well-fed or, or hungry, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let's remember that as we're moving forward. Today, as I said, we're going to pray. We've got uh, four different folks that are going to come up and, and give a prayer challenge to each of us. And as you go into this new year, let's all challenge one another to pray more. Because God is with us 24-7. And I'll never forget... Um, an old wise man told me one time, he said, the best way to learn how to pray is to pray. And it's like anything. The more you do it, the more uh, natural it feels. And I, I would stand up here and tell you, I'm not a great prayer person. I pray better with other people. I get distracted very easy sometimes when I pray. So I need to move. I need to walk. I need to circle. I need to do something. If I just sit there with my eyes closed, I feel like my head's going to blow up. Anybody relate to that? A little spiritual ADD sometimes. So learn how to find the right environment to pray. Like for some of you sitting still with your eyes closed, that's a dream come true. Do it. Whatever gets you to the place where you're connecting with Jesus more this year, the better. So I'm going to invite uh, Kristen to come up. She's going to start our little prayer challenges off. And then I'm going to come back up at the end and we're going to take communion together. All right. How are we? Good. Well, as Scott said, I'm Kristen. And um, for me this year, I, I do like to choose a word each year that helps me just have a place of focus. And I really felt like the Lord was challenging me to pursue joy this year. And I want to invite you into that challenge as well. It sounds it can sound maybe a little bit flippant to say, I'm going to pursue joy given the devastation that we watched unfold in our community. And just even these last few years, like I've felt a lot of things that weren't joy. I've felt a lot of hopelessness, a lot of anger, a lot of isolation. And I think that's probably true of us collectively. I know just in our own church family, there's people facing really difficult situations Difficult job situations, difficult family situations, difficult health situations. So how do you pursue joy when the reality is that life is really difficult and there's a lot of brokenness and a lot of hurt in our community and in our individual lives right now? Well, as I was considering this, what God was really drawing my attention to was John 15. In John 15, Jesus is talking to the disciples right before he goes to the garden and then is arrested. And he, he speaks to them in this parable of the vine and the branches. And he tells the disciples, I'm the vine 
and you are the branches. Abide in me. He says it over and over and over in those first 10 verses in John 15. Abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. And then in John 15, 11, Jesus says, I am telling you this so that my joy will be in you and your joy will be full. Our joy is not dependent on our situations or on our circumstances or on our emotions. Our joy comes from abiding in Jesus. So the challenge that I am am walking into in 2022 is to pursue joy by abiding in Jesus. And I want to invite you to do the same. Scott was just talking about uh, finding the right avenue for prayer and developing your prayer life. And for me, I really love to read other people's prayer. I pray the Psalms, and I also use liturgies um, to help me pray because sometimes I can't find words, but somebody else has, has helped by writing them down. So I want to pray a liturgical prayer over us this morning. Pray with me. Do not be distant, O Lord, lest I find this burden of loss too heavy and shrink from the necessary experience of my grief. Do not be distant, O Lord, lest I become so mired in yesterday's hurts that I miss entirely the living gifts this day might hold. Let me neither ignore my pain, pretending all is okay when it isn't, nor coddle and magnify my pain so that I dull my capacity to experience all that remains good in this life. For joy that denies sorrow is neither hard won, nor true, nor eternal. It is not real joy at all. And sorrow that refuses to make space for the return of joy and hope, in the end, becomes nothing more than a temple for the worship of my own woundedness. So give me strength, O God, to feel this grief deeply, never to hide my heart from it, and give me also hope enough to remain open to surprising encounters with joy, as one on a woodland path might stumble suddenly into dapplings of golden light. Amidst the pain that lades these days, give me courage, O Lord, courage to live them fully, to love and to allow myself to be loved, to remember, grieve, and honor what was, to live with thanksgiving in what is, and to invest in the hope of what will be. Be at work gilding these long heartbreaks with the advent of new joys, good friendships, true fellowships, unexpected delights. Remind me again and again of your goodness, your presence, your promises. For this is who we are, a people of the promise, a people shaped in the image of the God whose very being generates all joy in the universe, yet who also weeps and grieves its brokenness. So we, your children, are also at liberty to lament our losses even as we simultaneously rejoice in the hope of their coming restoration. Let me learn now, O Lord, to do this as naturally as the inhale and exhale of a single breath. To breathe out sorrow, to breathe in joy. To breathe out lament, to breathe in hope. To breathe out pain, to breathe in comfort. To breathe out sorrow, to breathe in joy to breathe out joy. In one hand, I grasp the burden of my grief, while with the other, I reach for the hope of grief's redemption. And here, between the tension of the two, between what was and what will be, in the very is of now, let my heart be surprised by, shaped by, warmed by, remade by, 
the same joy that forever wells within and radiates from your heart, O God. Amen. So I'm going to be stepping in to help out with uh, men's ministry this year. And I'm really excited for what we have uh, working. We met with Ryan Opeka and Rick Stricker and Scott uh, last month to think about uh, 2022 when it comes to men's ministry and so forth. So I'm excited about that. But I also have a burden for men. Um, I think our society and the ways that, that we interact with each other, it becomes very difficult to understand exactly what does a true man of God look like. And uh, so I have a, a burden and want to continue to pray for our men here in Ovation and the, and the church broadly uh, throughout this year. So I challenge you to, to pray with me because oftentimes uh, men seem to just think that we need to have it all figured out and we need to be strong and we can't show any weakness and we, we don't need anything. We, we got it. And that's certainly not the case. And I think a sign of a healthy church is healthy men who are active in the church, active in ministry, and, and leading their families. And so uh, today I'd like to kick it off with a prayer for our men and again ask you to, to pray with me and continually as, uh, as we move forward into this year. So pray with me. Father God, this morning we honor you and recognize your tremendous grace in each one of our lives. I specifically want to lift up the men of Novation and all men across your church in prayer. At every turn, it seems the world is against strong, godly men of character and pushing us to be lesser versions of who you've created men to be. We ask for your abundant wisdom and guidance, knowing that you are eager to give it to each and every one of us. We also know that you have given each one of us a unique calling to fulfill. Let us never forget that you have set before us the ultimate example of what a true man is in Jesus. And with that, our simple mission to just follow him. Jesus, you are our authority, our deliverer, our guide, and our strength. And we thank you for that today. God, I pray that men would be instilled with the desire to accept responsibility and fulfill those responsibilities to the very best of their abilities. For those of us who are in jobs, careers, or school, that we would strive to be excellent in all that we do in order to bring ultimate glory to your name. Help us to focus our skills, gifts, energy, and efforts to benefit your kingdom and not to promote our own selfish gain. For those who are husbands, I ask that you would instill in us a deep desire to serve and love our wives, putting them before ourselves at every opportunity and laying down our lives for them daily, as Christ did for his church. I pray that our marriages would be marked by faithfulness, friendship, service, and selflessness that lead to an abundance of blessings and joy. Thank you for the wives who you've placed in our lives to love us, support us, and who you use to help sanctify us unlike any other relationship can. I pray for the fathers in this room that you, your spirit of wisdom would be poured out on us as we navigate the tremendous weight of raising our children. Help us to lead within our homes with gentleness and humility, providing peace, stability, and security. Give us the wisdom to teach our children your truth, and by doing so, giving them a strong foundation for their future. 
Give us eyes to see their personalities and the ways in which you've created them so uniquely so that we will be better equipped to be the exact fathers they need. May the evidence of your presence in our homes and families be obvious as we engage in our communities, spreading the truth of your gospel and love to all those we encounter. For the young men here today, I pray that they would ask for and receive your vision for their lives. Give them a passion to follow you, knowing that it may not be popular or even acceptable to those they will encounter, but that their conviction for the gospel will surpass any shame, overcome any doubts, and persevere over the challenges this world brings. I pray that their hearts will pursue justice, using their God-given strength to defend the weak and stand up for what's right, representing the name of Jesus wherever they go. Give us strength to reject passivity and embrace your plan and calling for our lives. But I ask for your grace when we fall short or fail to fulfill the responsibilities you have laid before us. May we be confident in your love, secure in your grace, knowing that no amount of achievement or success will earn your favor, and we can dwell in the comfort of knowing that all we need to do is receive your amazing grace. God, I thank you for each and every man in this room or online, and pray for your special blessing upon them today. Bless them as we embark on a new year with new challenges, new trials, and new celebrations. We step forward to take this new year armed with your power and strength. We praise you for who you are and your amazing gospel. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning. When Scott first asked me if I wanted to be a part of this, I thought, yeah, that's not really the thing that I'm really good at. I kind of turned him down. He talked me into it. Um, so a lot of this is for me. This is a reminder for me of the things that I need to remember as I move into this year of why I need to pray more, and you guys just get to come along for the ride. Um, I found that there was three intrinsically wired reasons for why I need to pray, and I want to believe that's also the same reasons why I think that you guys also need to pray. And the first is that at our core, we're made for dependence on God. I know in our culture, often independence is elevated and lifted up as, yes, go be independent and strong. And I want to flip that around and remind us that we are to be so dependent on God. Um, so for my short time, I'm going to read, there's three different passages from a book. The, the biggest thing I want you to take away with is if you're a reader and you want to learn more about prayer, the best book that I've found that helped me is a book called A Praying Life by Paul Miller. Um, incredible, incredible book. So if you're a reader, I suggest that you go get it. But here's what he said around this idea of dependence. It says, self-will and prayer are both ways of getting things done. At the center of self-will is me carving out a world in my image. But at the center of prayer is God. And he's carving me in his son's image. So that's the first part. The second one is that we're intrinsically wired for connection. And feeling Christian, obviously, we didn't prepare these together, but the verse that, G, that he brought me to is John 15 as well. Um, and it says, John 15, it says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And later it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
So I challenge that independent spirit that I have and that some of you may have that say, I don't know if I need God. I can get through this on my own. Because here's what Paul Miller says. It says, without the good shepherd, we are alone in a meaningless story. Weariness and fear leave us feeling overwhelmed and unable to move. Cynicism leaves us doubting, unable to dream. And the combination of those two, that weariness and cynicism, it shuts down our hearts. And we just show up for life going through the motions. I don't want to be weary and cynical, but I know that I am. And prayer is that avenue to be able to connect to God, to move past that. The third is that we're human. I often want to reject the idea that I'm just human. I put more weight on myself than God sometimes does. Jesus was the most human of all. In Luke 5.16, it says, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. In his humanity, he needed to connect to the Father. And here's what Paul Miller says. He says, Praying is simply asking God to incarnate, to become human, to get dirty in your life. Yes, the eternal God scrubs floors. For sure we know that he washes feet. So we take Jesus at his word. Ask him. Tell him what you want. Get dirty. Write out your prayer requests. Don't mindlessly drift through life on the American narcotic of busyness. If you try to seize the day, the day will eventually break you. Rather, seize the corner of his garment and don't let go until he blesses you. He will reshape the day. I just have that picture. As Jesus was walking through the crowds, often someone would reach out and try to grab him. Many think it's the prayer, the prayer that he, the thing that he would have. They would reach out and try to just touch him, to be a part of him, to try to connect to him. And there's an urgency to that that I want us to walk into this year of, I have to connect with you, God. Because if I don't connect with you today, then I'm going to try to carve this world into my own image. But rather, I want to carve my life and everything that I can surround. I want it to be carved out of you, out of connection to you. So here's my prayer. It's actually not mine. It was written almost 500 years ago by John Calvin. Pray with me. It says, Grant, Almighty God, that we may learn, whether in want or in abundance, to submit ourselves to you, that it may be our only and perfect source of happiness to depend on you and to rest in your salvation, the experience of which you have already given us, until we shall reach that eternal rest where we shall enjoy it in all in its fullness. When we, when made partakers of that glory, which has been procured for us by the blood of your only begotten Son. Amen. Well, thank you, Joel, Joel, and Kristen, for some beautiful uh, reminders and, and insights into uh, 
to how we go deeper this year and truly impactful for me. If you were to give yourself a rating in 2021 relating to the boldness and the courage in professing your faith, how would you grade out? I did okay. I, I think very bold at times, but, but probably not as consistent as I would like. And roughly a year ago, when we were sitting in the, the hospital room with our son, getting ready to have this biopsy done, I went through this hour-long wrestling match with God, and it was a very emotional hour. And part of that time was recounting all of the miracles and yes and amens and answers God's God to me and my family in our prayer life. And I had this deep conviction, and maybe you've done this before. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a fleece, but it's sort of something like this. God, if you'll just see us through one more time, and I promise that I will never deny you again. You relate to that, something like that in your life? And so this word boldness was definitely on my heart as we transitioned through the year and saw God do miracles in our family, unequivocal miracles. But you find that, that sometimes you just kind of get whittled down at the knees by doing life and by being around other people and the changing of the world and the value system and etc. And I began to think, what, what is it that prevents you and me from sharing our faith and being bold in what we believe in Jesus? Sometimes it's, it's apathy or indifference. Whether it be that God feels far off and distant or whether it feels uh, these emotions that overwhelm us, like loneliness or anger or grief or mourning, and you don't really feel like sharing your faith in those times. Sometimes hopelessness. If, you, if you're like me, you've thought to yourself, well, what is it going to do? This is hopeless, right? This is, we've gone too far. How, how is one person going to take us all to this path toward God and righteousness? Maybe you felt like you might get judged. And I do a lot. And I've been in the middle of substantial business deals, sharing my faith and thinking to myself, this, I could lose this deal right now by sharing my faith in God and Jesus. Perhaps it's timing, you know, if, you, if you're one like me waiting for the right time to share it with that person, <laughs> and it always seems like it's two steps in front of you, we never quite get there. Or perhaps it's forgetfulness. We just don't prepare our minds. We're just not aware and mindful that we should be doing that every single day. But it's not a new challenge. And we know this by looking in Galatians 1, 6 through 10, when uh, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Galatia, and he said, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in all the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so I now say to you again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. I am, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Powerful for a reminder for me about how do I see myself amidst the people in the marketplace and the people in the world and the, the business dealings and the supermarket and so on, even my own family members who... I need to remind of my faith. But taking it just a little bit further, the 
beloved apostle Peter in 1 Peter 3.15 exhorts us all to, he says in this verse to, uh, in your hearts revere Christ as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And then he calls us to do this with gentleness and respect. And reminding us all that Jesus promised some wonderful things. He promised an answer to all the spiritual questions that we have in life, that we will never thirst and hunger spiritually again. He promised us everlasting life and a peace that is not of this world. And I want to share with you a reminder that a great friend said to me last year that really reshaped the way I think about sharing the gospel. And he asked me one simple question. He said, how could a human being turn down an offer to receive the fruits of the Spirit? How could any person in their right mind turn down love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, generosity, or goodness, and self-control? How could a human being turn that down? And so as you think going into this year, how you will share Jesus, just remember that every single person has an opportunity to receive those things, and they deserve it. And so we ought to share that with them. And, and one last bit of good news is that I believe, despite how it feels sometimes when the world is changing around us and we're becoming more divided and it feels like in some ways sort of a post-Christian United States, remember that the worse it gets, the greater the opportunity that we have to stand out in a crowd and to be the aroma and show the love and grace of Jesus Christ because people ought to want that. So let's pray for that for one another. I'm going to pray this blessing over each of us. Um, Lord, nothing is more important. We know this because of your great commandment to love you and to love the world. But you also commissioned us to go out and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with every single person that we have an opportunity. And so, Lord, I'm praying this year for myself and my church family that we have a passion and a preparedness to share the love of Jesus Christ. Lord, that we have an awareness of when an opportunity presents itself, that we would not walk past that. And Lord, I am also praying for a courage, and my word for this year, boldness, to put aside the care and concerns, the worries about how we might be perceived or judged, Lord, because there's bliss in not caring. But I pray for just enough caring concern to be loving and gentle and respectful, but bold with truth and conviction to share and witness for the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it would be for your glory and that those we share with might find everlasting life and a true hope, even this side of heaven. Lord, we love you and we celebrate and praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. When Brian was talking, I heard love is bold. Like to forgive and to overlook and love is patient. That's boldness in a, in a way that we think boldness is sometimes argumentative or something. It's not that. Jesus was bold in his love. We're going to uh, go into communion. The worship team's going to, we're going to sing a song together. We have the tables up here. Um, if you've never put your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus, and communion might not make a whole lot of sense to you. But what we're doing when we take communion is following the instruction of Jesus, that he laid down his life for us. He was beaten 
And the bread represents his body that was going to his that was going to be broken in his you know on the cross. And the juice represents his blood that is the blood of the new covenant to be the sacrifice of all sacrifices to end that. And when we take communion, we're doing it in faith, remembering what he did. And you're remembering that you're building your life on the foundation of the person and work of Jesus Christ. And if that's never been a a time for you to say, hey, I want to come into agreement with Jesus of who he is. We don't make him Lord. We don't make him Savior. He already is those two things. We agree with him. Let's pray. Father, as we approach communion this morning, we do so with humble hearts, God, at what you've done for us and provided. Let this communion time be a time of freshness to each one of our walks with you, freshness of the new year. Let it represent not only your forgiveness of us, but as we forgive those who've sinned against us, Lord. We want to release anybody that we're holding angst towards today. We examine our hearts. Would you examine our hearts and show us, Lord, show us where you want us to be more like you. And that's our hope and prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. You can move and come to the two tables and then get back and we'll sing and then we'll take the elements together after this song.
Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. take communion you're receiving Jesus you're receiving him and that's why he says do this in remembrance of me because we need reminders right I need to be reminded every day of the gospel of who I am in Christ and because of him on the night he was betrayed Jesus had supper with his disciples and he broke bread and he lifted it to heaven and he blessed it and he said Take and eat this bread in remembrance of my body that will be broken for you. Let's do that. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took a cup of wine and he lifted it to heaven and he blessed it. And he said, This represents the blood of the new covenant the new covenant that he was making with humanity through his submission to death through what he went through the shedding of his blood brought us into the new covenant and he wants us to walk in faith and he said do it in remembrance of me let's do that Heavenly Father, bless your people this year. Bless us as a church family with an awareness of your presence, your power, and the promises that we have of peace and joy and hope, no matter what this year brings, Lord. Bless us with a deeper prayer life, I pray, God. There would be a deeper connection each one of us. Those that have never prayed would start praying. And those of us that are, are praying and practicing, we would grow in our relationship with you. May we be a praying church that seeks you, God. 
We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.